a family is a blessing on the world from God. Psalm 28, which was the responsorial psalm at Mass today, says that blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. For you shall eat the fruit of your handiwork. Blessed shall you be in favor. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the recesses of your home, your children like olive plants around your table. The Feast of the Holy Family is a time to consider the happiness and the place of family in our spiritual lives. Everyone wants to have a happy family, but love and happiness are never far from suffering and sacrifice. That's just the reality of love. You can't separate love from the cross. Today in the Gospel, St. Joseph has a choice between what he wants his life to be and what it is. The first choice is when an angel which came with the word from God, and angelos, by the way, the root of angel means message. So when the angel came with God's message, Joseph learned that Mary was pregnant and he was not the biological father, although she was betrothed to him. Betrothal was official marriage. It just hadn't been consummated. You can imagine his consternation when he finds this out. You know, the story of St. Joseph is a complicated story. The story of our families are often complicated stories. Now the angel makes another appearance and tells him that King Herod is seeking the life of the child. Saturday was the feast of the Holy Innocents, the children that were actually killed by King Herod. But the angel tells St. Joseph that he's to take Mary and the child and he's to flee to Egypt. You know, St. Joseph had a choice with either message from God, didn't he? He had a choice whether he'd accept Mary as his wife. Now he has a choice to decide to heck with all of this. I'm out of here. But St. Joseph, in both situations, listens to God. And he makes a very difficult decision in a moment of great adversity. You know, Jesus is born into a complicated family. The genealogy began the Christmas season was put in Matthew's gospel to demonstrate that Jesus's family tree has faithful, hardworking people, but it also has incest, prostitutes, and really bad kings. Jesus's family tree, like ours, is a mixed bag. His parents' marriage is a challenge. There's an unexpected pregnancy, political setbacks. Mom and dad have to travel during the final weeks of Mary's pregnancy, and now this forced relocation. You know, Colleen Carroll Campbell wrote a book about our desire for a misguided notice of perfection. The idea that if we just make our families and lives purpose perfect, then we've succeeded. But that kind of success is not God's idea of success. Here's what she wrote. God's word spurs me to love because it tells me the truth about who God is. That truth bears little resemblance to my childhood caricatures of a benevolent dictator with a mile-wide mean streak. The father who knit me in my mother's womb sent his son to die for me on the cross and sustains my every breath with his Holy Spirit. God is for me, not against me. Think about that for a second. Let it sink in, she says. God is for you. He's not rooting against you. He's not waiting for you to screw up. He's not itching to teach you a lesson. He is passionately, undeniably and irrevocably for you. 
That book is Colleen Carroll Campbell's The Heart of Perfection. It's a good read if you're looking for something in the new year, both men and women. But St. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus' life was not perfect in any conventional sense. The Holy Family was formed in adversity. Adversity is when the true nature of the love of husband, wife, and child is revealed. This isn't an easy message, but it is the truth. So I've spoken about the gospel already, but I want you to understand or think about this gospel as the tale of two fathers. And the two fathers are King Herod and Saint Joseph. Let's talk about King Herod. Because King Herod, uh, he wanted to be a father. In fact, he wanted to be a father in the sense that he would found a great dynasty. Herod was not a Jew, he's an Idumenian, and so he was kind of an outcast with the Jews. To try to get their favor, to try to win the favor of the Jewish people, he decided he was going to do one of the messianic acts. Remember when we talk about Jesus, we're talking about the expectation of the Messiah. And one of the things that the Messiah was supposed to do, he was supposed to rebuild the temple because the temple had fallen on hard times after the Babylonian exile. And even the, the priesthood of the temple was, was kind of a corrupt affair. So Herod decided that he was going to uh, reconstruct the temple, and he did. And he did it in magnificent fashion. If you go there today, parts of the temple are still there. If you ever see a picture of the Jewish wailing wall, that's the retention wall that Herod put there for the temple. The stones in that retention wall are taller than a human being. It's a massive building project. You know, he also built Masada, the, uh, the army fortress way out on the, the east end of Israel, defending it from, uh, uh, from the powers like the Parthians in the east. In fact, Masada is the place where officers in the Israeli military are sworn in. But he's not really remembered for those projects which he hoped that would cement his legacy as a great king and the founder of a dynasty. You know what he's remembered for? He's remembered for killing people because he was a violent, murderous man. He was a horrible man. In order to cement his legacy as king of Judea, he killed all of his rivals, including two of his own sons. The emperor of Rome said it was safer to be one of Herod's dogs than to be one of his children. Why did, was he like that? Well, if you look at the ancient historians and you listen to the gospel, it's because of what he feared. Do you remember the story of the Magi where the wise men from the east come and they're looking for where the star will lead them and it's going to lead them to Bethlehem. It's the story of Christmas, really. Um, when Herod finds out about that story, he asks him to please let him know where this great king is so he can go and do him homage. Well, you know that's exactly what he's not going to do. He's going to try to kill them. That gives rise to the story that we have in the scriptures today. And so Herod hears from God, doesn't he, from the scriptures? Herod hears from wise people, from the Magi, doesn't he? But when he hears God's message, how does he think about it? He thinks about God as a competitor. He's afraid of God. God somehow means to do him wrong. And so if anyone's going to take care of Herod, 
then it better be King Herod because nobody else is going to watch out for him. You know, in adversity, you can feel that you're all alone. And when you feel that you're all alone and nobody cares, it definitely will bring out the worst in each of us. A great resource of our faith is listening to God in a trusting way. So let's hear the story about another father, and that's St. Joseph. So he listened to God in a trusting way, didn't he? When the angel told him about Mary's pregnancy, he took Mary into his home. In fact, he made a very difficult journey with her in the last weeks of her pregnancy, which couldn't have been easy. And then in today's story in the gospel, he hears another warning from another angel. And so what does he do? He uproots his whole family and removes to Egypt in the safety of a different country away from Herod. That could not have been easy. You know, adversity throws a lot of stuff into our way that we don't count on. Inconvenience is the one thing that could bring out the crankiness in any mom, dad, or I might add Catholic priest, bishop, or pope. But what makes us sons of God is to see in adversity the love and the will of God. It takes a long time to raise a family, and it takes a long time to see the, the benefits or the results of all of your work. But in today's gospel, you have an example of two kinds of fathers. On the one hand, one who sees everything about his legacy and wants to be the uh, force behind building his legacy. And mom and dad can both serve uh, that delusion. Because the truth is, mostly we are responding to everything that the world brings into our lives. The strength of our response is what we build in our families. And if what we build in our families are these great resources of gentleness, humility, compassion, and forgiveness, then families like that will weather adversity. The second thing is, if you want to be a father like St. Joseph, is in adversity, in setbacks, you should see the will of God. It may not be something that you understand, but that's why you're called to have faith, that if you are listening and praying the scriptures, if you're trying to listen to God, if you're forgiving and humble, and you stay on task as a parent, God will attend to your, to your family. Remember in the psalm, it said, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. His wife will be like a fruitful vine. And you think of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. His children like olive plants around his table. And the thing about olive plants is, olive trees take a long time to grow into maturity and produce fruit. Kids do too. But if you look at marriage as a blessing, that is really brought to its fulfillment when you encounter the sacrifices required in marriage with an open and loving heart, then I think you've heard and received the message from St. Joseph and the wisdom that he has to offer you. The world has really changed uh, since the time of our grandparents. My grandma, my mom, I should say, grew up on a farm. So did my grandparents. It was just a very different life. They didn't have any money. They didn't have any health insurance. They didn't have electricity or a phone till mom was in her teenage years. Mom really wanted to get out of South Dakota because the living was so hard. But 
they all loved their parents and they loved each other and were in each other's lives until they all died, which was many, many decades later. We live in a different time now. We live in this globalized economy. Mostly, we don't rely on the land for our living, at least not directly, although indirectly we are all still dependent on the ability of the land to produce our food. But in that globalized economy, it seems to us that there's so much out of our control. You know, it's whether or not your employer is going to be open for business tomorrow or whether you're going to be well enough to get up and take care of of the family or go to work. And I think that the stress and frustration that people feel in our time is in large part due to the recognition and the fear that so much is out of their control. But you know, the story of St. Joseph and our Blessed Lady and the child Jesus There is hardly anything in St. Joseph's control. This really is God's working, whether it's Mary's pregnancy, Herod's enmity, the flight into Egypt, the slaughter of those poor kids that's recounted in the massacre of the innocents. And so in that story, the reason we admire St. Joseph is that even in the darkest moments of his life, he believed that God was going to help him through it all. You know, that's ultimately what faith is. Our stories may not end up the way that we hope. They may not end up the way we hope for the people we truly love. But that isn't really the stuff of faith. St. Joseph recognized in a way that Herod could never, that this story was not about him, it was about God. Herod couldn't imagine any story that wasn't about him. And so when we talk about the tale of these two fathers and how it is that you look at reality, you can see that a choice needs to be made about what kind of parents, what kind of people we're all going to be. Because St. Joseph is the patron of the universal church. St. John Paul said it's because that God, the Father, entrusted his son and our blessed lady to his care. And he did such a wonderful job of providing for them that he's entrusted the entire church into his care. You know, God has entrusted into the hands of our parents the care of these little domestic churches with these tender little children who need good examples to grow up right. As we think about the story of uh, St. Joseph and what it means to be a holy family. A holy family is not a family free from adversity but it's a family whose real love and faith is revealed through adversity. There is something to think about in the coming year. This has been a production of Oral Valley Catholic, and I'm Father John Arnold. And I'd like to leave you with uh, these words from uh, Letter to the Colossians. Put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If one has a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also do. And over all of these, put on love. That is the bond of perfection. I wish you all a happy new year.